What's going on, y'all? My name is Brian Sanchez, and welcome to the F1 Rundown podcast. It is week two, round two, if you will, of the 2023 F1 calendar, and we find ourselves at the Jeddah Cornish Circuit in Saudi Arabia for the 2023 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Going to do a quick rundown, get you caught up on all the headlines, stories, things that we're watching going into the weekend, and then we'll wrap up with my predictions as to what that podium is going to look like uh, and how the race is going to shake out. I love the new F1 season. Not a huge fan of this track, though. I got to be honest with you. You know, Jeddah has a reputation over the last couple of years since it's been you know introduced to the calendar of being... As everyone in the media tends to say, I think it's probably a rule that you have to say this anytime you talk about Jeddah. It is the quote-unquote fastest street circuit in the world. Uh, average speeds, I think, are something like 160 kilometers per hour. But let's be real, I'm an American. I don't know what kilometers mean. Uh, so give me MPH next time. Uh, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, but all I know is that it sounds fast. And so uh, while that may sound great... Um, what this track seems to kind of give us is a lot of safety cars and a lot of DRS trains and not really much in the way of competitive racing and more in the way of people getting caught out on strategy or, you know, craziness being introduced by an un unsuspected safety car, uh, incident and all hell breaks loose with tire strategies and stuff. So that's, I mean, it's a different kind of race. Uh, I, you know, the, there's a, an allure to those kind of races in themselves, but on the surface, this track, not my favorite. They have made some changes to the track, uh, over the last year, uh, since the last time we were here, which was the second to last round of the, uh, 2021 season, I believe. Uh, but, uh, we have some wider turns, uh, clearances, for the walls have kind of been pushed back away from the track a bit to give run uh, drivers a little bit more runoff area in some places, open up some sight lines and visibility around some of the blind corners so that they can better anticipate if there is a slower car uh, because traffic, particularly in the practice sessions and in qualifying on this track is always a huge problem. When you have high speed, you know, corners that are blind and you know, you have two or three cars trying to do, you know, hot laps and four or five cars on track cooling down or trying to warm up their tires, not going, you know, full tilt. You get running up on the back of the car in front of you very, very fast. And so, uh, you know, we'll see how much that affects the racing. I think it's a good thing to keep driver safety in mind and, and, and that kind of stuff. But in all honesty, um, it's, it's not one of my favorite tracks. Let's just say that. A lot of DRS trains, not really big, heavy braking zones for, you know, dive bombing on the inside, anything like that. Uh, so it's really going to come down to, you know, strategy stuff, unexpected safety cars, who gets lucky, uh, and, you know, qualifying is definitely going to be a huge, huge part of what happens in the race. Uh, but we'll go down the list of some of the biggest headlines and things that I'm looking forward to in the race, and then we will give our predictions as to how the podium's going to shake out. And uh, so, you know, what do I expect this race to be like? Like I said, safety cars. I think, in all honesty, the, the odds of us getting 
less than two safety cars, I feel like, in, in this race is pretty low. I'd be willing to bet a substantial amount of money that we'll at least get one. Uh, and it will probably be uh, you know, pretty close to the beginning of the race when all the cars are kind of bunched up. Uh, I'd be very, very shocked if we make it through the first five laps without at least a virtual safety car, if not a full-blown safety car. Uh, but that's kind of, I think, the style of race that we're going to expect to see. And then, in all honesty, I think what we'll end up seeing is something similar to what we saw last week. I think the Red Bulls are probably going to run away with this one like they did in Bahrain, which is the first thing that I'm looking for in this race. Uh, you know, we have standings and, and the results from week one, and uh, I want to see how much that shakes out and holds up because the Red Bulls look pretty much untouchable, so much so that a lot of the other teams, drivers have said that, you know, they can pretty much expect to win every single race for the rest of the year. I don't know about that. I'm sure there'll be some, like I said, some unexpected safety cars, a DNF. I'd be very, very shocked if the Red Bulls win every single race this year, but I have a feeling they're going to win a substantial amount of them. Uh, so will Max Verstappen keep up the form that he's in? Will Checo slot into that second place uh, and and be able to hold that down and, and, and keep the rest of the field at bay for Max just kind of, you know, eat at will? Will the status quo remain the same? We shall see. The next thing I'm looking for is Ferrari. You know, when it rains, it pours. In our last episode, we talked about the 10-place grid penalty that Charles Leclerc is already taking because of the uh, replacement of his second control electronics unit. He's on his third, and you're only allowed two for the entire season, and it's only round two. We did a whole episode talking about that and the woes at Ferrari. If you haven't heard that, go back and check it out. It's uh, one back in this uh, podcast queue. Uh, but will the Ferraris be able to make it to the end of the race without any technical problems, strategy problems? You know, it seemed like at times they had the pace that they could, you know, match with or at least get very close to the Red Bulls, but the tire degradation was, you know, the biggest thing. You know, their tires seem to go off very quickly, and, you know, Bahrain has a tendency to chew tires like no other track on the circuit, so, you know, we'll we'll see, and, and you know, early reports are already saying that it's a night and day difference at, at Jeddah. It's a much more smooth, uh, you know, surface, so tire deg shouldn't be as big a problem. So, you know, will they be able to get there, but can they make it through the entire race without a strategy or reliability issue. Uh, next thing, uh, the Aston Martins, Alonzo getting on the podium in his first race for Aston Martin. Again, this is something we're going to have to watch and see through the first two rounds of free practice this weekend. The Aston Martins have been the second fastest car on track. You know, a lot of folks were wondering if, you know, like the high speed, circuit that Jeddah is may not necessarily suit the Aston Martin as much as, you know, Bahrain did because it seems that the advantage that the Aston had on a lot of the other uh, cars was that it was much quicker through the slow corners. Well, there aren't as many slow corners here in Jeddah. So, you know, prolonged periods of time at high speeds, you know, would a pace difference, you know, be shown, but it, it doesn't seem to be the case. I think uh, in FP2 this afternoon, the first two cars were the Red Bulls. The second two cars were both Aston Martins, Fernando Alonso, and Lance Stroll. Uh, so we will definitely see. It, 
I'm, I, I hope somebody's able to take the the fight to uh, Ferrari and 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 catch up with Red Bull. And if if it's Aston Martin, so be it. Uh, next thing is Mercedes going down the grid. Uh, you know, a lot's been made. There's been a lot of reports that you know that they will be bringing a B spec car in at some point this season. And so we were wondering if any you know visible changes were going to show up on the W14 this weekend. Uh, I can tell you through the first two free practice sessions, no, there have not been any visual changes, and I didn't expect there to be. Uh, but, you know, will they be able to mitigate any differences? You know, what does it look like for them until they end up with a B-spec car? Again, there's rumors and reports that maybe you might see something by Silverstone, but, you know, in all honesty, this this entire season is probably going to feel like a little bit of a of a grind, unfortunately, which for folks like me who are, you know, diehard Lewis Hamilton fans, I make no, uh, you know, excuses or, or, or try to hide it in any way. Yes, I am 100% a little bit biased when it comes to Lewis Hamilton, but uh, I am not one of those kind of fanboys that will just always pick them to win every single race. I am also a little bit of a pragmatist and a realist, uh, and if they don't have the pace, they don't have the pace. So we will see how the Mercedes... AMG Formula One team can do in the meantime before that B-spec car shows up. Uh, Alpine. Alpine's another really big question for me. You know, Pierre Gasly had a phenomenal race last weekend going from P20 uh, and making it all the way up to ninth place by the end of the race, driving through half the field very, very well. Had a fantastic drive. Esteban Ocon, his teammate, however, had a horrendous afternoon having penalty after penalty uh you know he, he was speeding on pit lane and then he came in to serve his grid penalty or his stop and go penalty during a pit stop and the mechanics started working on the car before the time was up which prompted him to have to come back in and it was just a huge nightmare so many penalties they ended up just retiring the car because it was it was more beneficial for them to save the mileage on the vehicle than it was to have him continue the race and try to get back into anything close to the points. Uh, so, you know, on paper, it looks like the Alpines have a pretty decent car. Uh, Pierre Gasly was able to get that thing from the back of the pack all the way up to P9. Some strategy stuff had a lot to do with that, but he had a phenomenal drive and Esteban Ocon is a good driver. I do think that they have the potential to be close to the front of that midfield best of the rest if you know, they can keep things together, but uh, I digress. Uh, Alfa Romeo in the moment, though, is uh, in control of that P4 slot. Uh, but again, was it them just being a little bit fortunate because of the woes of the Alpine? Or does Valtteri Bottas and uh, Joe Guan Yu have something up their sleeves to be a more consistent team week in and week out? Those are the kind of things that I am really looking forward to in this midfield battle that we have uh, between Alpha, uh, Romeo, Alpha Tauri, you know, Alpine. I really want to know how that's all going to shake out. And this weekend is going to be a, another really great test to see what kind of cars these guys are bringing to the track. Uh, and then down towards the back of the grid, you have Williams. Look, they had solid starts from both drivers, Alex Albon and, uh, you know, the American, first American we've had on the grid in a very long time, Logan Sargent. They had pretty solid drives. Uh, you know, they 
look to be fairly consistent. And so will they be able to be another one of those, like just being consistent, being in the points week in and week out, no huge dramas, nothing crazy can serve them very well. And they could move up the field if they can be consistent. Logan Sargent had a phenomenal drive in that first, you know, race of his, but you know, was that a result of three days of preseason testing and then three days of qualifying and free practice all at the same track, you know, kind of helps. So this is the first time he's going to a new track. Yes, he drove there in the, you know, uh, Formula 2 and 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 Formula 3 and all the feeder series that, you know, that he's, you know, raced through. But this is the first time he's ever done it in an F1 car. So I'll be very interested to see how the young American gets through there. And can he get points? Can he get his first points in an F1 race this weekend? Possibly. I think two drivers, unfortunately, that I can fairly confidently say are not going to score any points are, of course, Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri from McLaren. What is going on with the folks at McLaren? I mean, Oscar Piastri retiring after 13 laps with a mechanical issue, after, you know, testing that had bits of the car flying off and and, and it seemed like it couldn't stay together. And then Lando Norris had six different pit stops in the race, not for tires, but for fluid. I'm not sure if it was hydraulic fluid or if it was something else, but like there were fluid issues. Like that's not something that happens in Formula One. Formula One, you can't refuel the car during pit stops. Uh, You know, so like having to bring the car in six separate times to top up fluids just to get the car to the end of the race is like, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I know this is going to sound very harsh, but it is a little bit embarrassing for a team like McLaren that has put so much time and effort and, and has such a, a, a storied name in Formula One and wants to be fighting for, you know, for race wins and championships to have the start that they've had. And I know it's only been one race and, you know, there's a long way to go, but, you know, you hear the folks at McLaren talk in their, you know, post-race interviews and stuff, and none of them seem very optimistic of their abilities to be fighting for points this season, which is very, very sad because after the whole Oscar Piastri, you know, situation from Alpine and, and burning bridges or making a whole lot of noise, you know, coming to McLaren to make sure that they got the guy that they wanted. And, you know, you've got Lando Norris, one of the best young drivers, you know, potentially on the last year of a deal, maybe one more year on his deal, but could very well be looking to make an exit if you can't get the act together. Uh, It's very, very sad to see them kind of come out the gates the way that they have. Um, So unfortunately, it's not a how good of a weekend can McLaren have that I'm looking for, but it's really more so looking at uh, how much damage and how much can they mitigate uh, and how bad is it going to be? Uh, Is it really as bad as we're making it out to be? Or is it in fact something to be as worried about as many of us are? So those are like the big stories going into the race. I mean, you know, I'm again, like I said, like it's not my favorite track on the calendar, but it is racing and it's F1, so I'm definitely going to be tuning in. The race is at noon central here in, uh, uh, I'm in Austin, Texas right now. So, you know, I'm actually not too far from where Coda is. So uh, definitely Formula One territory here. And it's time for my predictions for the podium. 
And uh, at the risk of being boring, I think everyone, anyone who picks anyone other than Max Verstappen to win any race this year um, is probably just doing it to be ironic and be inflammatory a bit. Like, in all honesty, I think he's probably going to be at least the favorite in every race outside of getting any kind of like grid penalties or something coming in. Uh, I think it's safe to say that he's going to be the favorite. So I'll, I'll go with Max at, you know, P1 and I'll go check OP2. Uh, I think he's a very solid driver and, you know, the Red Bulls have those two positions locked up. So really it's who's going to be that third spot on the podium. That P3, unfortunately, might be the spot that everyone's kind of fighting for and it could be up for grabs every weekend. And uh, so will it be one of the Aston Martins? Will it be Fernando Alonso or Lance Stroll that, you know, nips that third spot on the podium? I don't think so. I think this week... Ferrari does find a way to get it to the end of the race without a problem. Uh, and I do think that Charles Leclerc will be that driver in P3. Uh, regardless of the 10-pace grid penalty, I think he's going to be on a different strategy than some of the other drivers. And I think an early safety car is going to be in his benefit. And then he's going to have the pace advantage going to the end of the race. And I know a lot of people think the Ferrari could do it and are, are going to go with Carlos, but... I just, I have a feeling, and this is where I can afford to be a little bit out on a limb here, and I think even though that Charles has a 10-place grid penalty to start the race, I think he's going to end up being P3 by the time it's all said and done. All right, folks, that is the podcast for the week. I'm really excited for the race. Cannot wait. Let me know what y'all think if you are listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you want to get at me, I am on Twitter at your primo Brian. Links in the description. Uh, if you are listening on signalpointmedia.com, there is a comment section and you can drop a comment down there. Uh, you have any questions, comments, you know, you can definitely get at me anytime. I'm more than happy to talk with anyone. Join in the conversation if you're listening. Uh, and of course, you can like and leave reviews and ratings and all that stuff. But more importantly, just follow us along for all the shenanigans. Uh, a video version of this podcast will come soon. Uh, and I've got a couple other things in mind other than just like race previews, rundowns, and news and headlines. I've got a couple other ideas, some fun F1 stuff for us to do. So uh, especially if you're, you know, if you're a stateside F1 fan like myself, not an insider, not a, you know, storied racer or anything like that. I didn't grow up racing. I didn't even really grow up watching racing when I was really young. Uh, relatively new fan to the sport. Only started watching it around 2006, 2007. Um, but I'm loving how much the sport is growing here in the States. Uh, finally getting a chance to you know build a fandom here in the States with an American driver, American teams on the grid. You know, so uh, if you're a burgeoning F1 fan like myself, come join us. Have a good time with us. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. We'll see y'all around. And as always, one love. One love.